pricking of my thumbs. Something wicked this way comes. Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Cloudin, and we are ready for another exciting episode. We got joining us, of course, you know him, we know him, our favorite co-host. Oh, oh, sorry. Never mind. I scratched that from the record. <laughs> no, no, not no. scratch that from the record. <laughs> scratch that from the record. Uh, joining us, Brandon. Brandon, how are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> man, I am good, Phoenix. I, I appreciated the boast up for a second. And then you were like, nah, I'm going back. I'm like, what the hell, oh, man? I don't, <laughs> Zach, I don't want Zach to get jealous. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah, know, it is, it is good to be back, though. It is going to be talking more movies with you. Um, it is, it's great to have, um, I, I don't know if we're going to announce it just yet, but we do have a special guest on our podcast. Yes, so we do. yeah, before we get to that, how are you doing, Phoenix? Man, I'm always awesome, man. Especially love uh, coming on here and talking movies with you, especially the one we're going to talk about today. Uh, but like Brandon led into, we do have a special guest joining us this week on Film Code. We are super excited to have him with us. Uh, please welcome from Cheap Seat Reviews, Mr. Sean Allred. Sean, how are you, sir? Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, we're so happy to have you on, man. Uh, love you guys' show, Cheap Seat Reviews. These guys have been going at it for eight years. That is a, an impressive streak. Uh, an excellent show. If you guys have not listened to it, check them out. Uh, anything else you want to say about your show, Sean? Uh, no, no, that you, you basically <laughs> said everything that needs to be said about my show. We're, uh, we're, we're a bunch of old dudes that watch movies. That's it. <laughs> well, and we're sweet. a bunch of young dudes who watch movies. There we yeah. go. So we had to come together. This is going to be a nice little clash of generations here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the movie we are talking about today is of course, uh, the tragedy of Macbeth, uh, on Apple TV plus this stars Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Uh, directed by Joel Cohen. Uh, this is one of the first movies, I think, or the first movie that Joel Cohen has directed by himself without his brother, Ethan. Um, and uh, this book premiered on Apple TV Plus and in theaters. It is an interpretation, if you will, of uh, the story of Macbeth. Real quick, because this is a meaty film. And I, I want to break it down as much as we can. So real quick, Brandon, why don't you give us your non-spoiler thoughts on the tragedy of Macbeth? Man, I'll be honest. It's kind of hard not to give a non-spoiler review for a play like or, or like a screenplay that's been out for oh, like for a couple hundred years. Couple hundred you know? decades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we know what happens. <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen the movie or is not familiar with Macbeth, why don't you break it down? So... So basically, Macbeth is a play about it. Okay, think of the Lion King. It's basically the Lion King. I'll say that because I don't feel like having to go through and explain the entirety of Macbeth. Just if well, you, you've the seen Lion, the Lion King, the, the, the Lion King is pretty much Macbeth, is what you mean. Yeah, the Lion King is Disney's version of Macbeth. So that's that's the entire plot line of Macbeth. So I watching this one, I was impressed to see what they did with it. And on a technical, I'll say this on a lot. I'll say this one a lot because I was talk to, talking to Nathan about it. On a technicality level, it's great. Mm-hmm. On a keep me invested level, <laughs> boring, <laughs> very very boring. So that's that's all I'll say for now. All right, Sean. What about you? What are your first impressions of uh, the tragedy of Macbeth? First impressions. So. Uh, my very, very first impression is when you said, hey, this is the movie that we're doing. I was a little discouraged because <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. Shakespeare is not something I'm fluent in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I struggled with it in high school and college. Um, there were multiple times when watching this movie, I would have to rewind it a few seconds to hear him say the thing again. Right. Uh, there were lots of times when I had absolutely no idea what was happening. <laughs> Um, but 
again, so we'll move the past that. The other stuff that I, uh, again, just kind of initial impressions of the movie. So the movie shot in black and white, mm-hmm. entirely black and white, which gives it a very, uh, very cold, um, kind of sterile look, which I think is what they're going for. Um, and the set pieces, everything felt like it was actually built like a stage play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the Mel Gibson where they went to a castle and they had props and things, you know, like this was just actors acting in a space. And sometimes they were in a tent or sometimes they were in a, and I'm going to use air quotes, castle, but it just looked like a couple of walls and some stairs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 So my personal history is that I've read Macbeth between elementary school and college about 30 times. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm so freaking familiar with this play. It's ridiculous. Um, and then there are the, you know, small interpretations that I've seen in cartoons and, and other TV shows. So I'm like, pretty, I, I got the gist, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But I was still kind of shocked that they went with such the, uh, they went with like the original text. And, and you know what I'm saying? In that sense where it was like, we're going straight Shakespeare the whole way through. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a shock. And it's, it, it's fine because I'm familiar with it, but there are moments in the movie where I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> like, I'm like, even though I know it, I was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I had to like rely on my, knowledge of Macbeth to really be like oh okay it's like so if you're not familiar with it it can be like jarring um yeah yeah. (laughs) I think think that's why I didn't like it as much as I thought I would is because like Shakespeare is great his writing is great Mm -hmm. but to me I can't sit down and watch a two and a half hour movie of that you know (laughs) yeah it's one of those things where it's like I get it because of the time period that it was written in, but like, you know, we're not in that time period. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, why would we stick to that? And and especially because of the way that they did it in terms of style. Like, I, like Sean, I love what you said about like how the set designs look like, you know, just, you know, wall and stairs. <laughs> like, it's like, it's so minimalistic that it's like, I feel like, you could have gotten away with modernizing this a little bit as opposed to just sticking to the the original text what do you think of that sean well my other kind of well i'm gonna have several complaints but my (laughs) i think my biggest one is that i'm down okay i'm just gonna just let's just i'm just gonna get it out of the way all right this is a, a a new version of this movie and we have uh we have black actors playing in the, the part right mm-hmm. and i am i think that that's uh i think we're really getting into an age now where we no longer care mm-hmm. about if the actor's black or white let's just get the best actor for the part mm-hmm. um i got a lot of grief on my show i watched bridgerton with my wife not that long ago mm-hmm. and i actually really enjoyed bridgerton and i thought it was really cool that a lot of the characters are black and it didn't matter. Like yeah. the queen of England is a black woman and oh, she was, she was awesome. So <laughs> I just want to just list, you know, that's, I think that's something that needs to be said um, for this movie. But my complaint is if you're going to get Denzel to be the main guy, <laughs> I apologize. Here is my cat. <laughs> my, my kids got tired of listening to the cat outside. So now here she is. All right. But if you're going to get Denzel to do the part, but not let him be Denzel, I think is kind of a tragedy in of itself. You know, the the tragedy of the tragedy of (laughs) it. Because it just like he doesn't bring anything extra to the character Mm. other than his name, Mm. you know, because there's not a there's not a lot where he's really acting. Right. Because a lot of Shakespeare is just saying lots and lots of words. Mm. You know, the only time he's really acting is when he starts to kind of go insane a little bit. But again, you're limited about how much you can act because you have so many words you have to say. Mm-hmm. So it, it just felt like it could have been any dude in that mm-hmm. role. And it would have been kind of the same thing other than they just wanted the to have. You know. It's so funny that you say that 
because everything you just said, I would take that and apply it to Francis. <laughs> like, sure. like I was just like, that was the thing I was like, I was like, I get why you get Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand because they're like two of the greatest actors of all time. But like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I was like, what exactly is she bringing to this role that, you know, I don't know, Anna Darmus couldn't have brought or, you know, uh, I don't know, like, throw out a name, you know what I'm saying? John Lily James, Cena. you know what I'm saying? You know, John Cena in a dress, who cares? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like maybe not John Cena, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a really good actress could not have brought, what, like, you know, Meryl Streep couldn't have, couldn't have done this, you know what I'm saying? Or could have done this. Uh, Cersei Ronan, you know what I'm saying? Any Anybody, you know? So I was just like, I felt that exact same way where it was like, you know, you're, you're delivering the lines, but you're delivering Shakespeare, which is like in itself, because it's so hard to do and most people really can't um, like, as long as you got the line delivery down and the emotion of that line, pretty much, you know what I'm saying? You know, you can put anybody in it. And I just felt she didn't bring anything particularly stand out or unique to her lady Macbeth that that you know that you that required Francis McDormand. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> yeah, it, it just kind of felt like they needed to have some actors that had some that were known and were willing to do it yeah. so that they that so that Apple would green light the project. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like you know uh not Ethan Cohen, the other Cohen, right? Joel um, Cohen. Joel, Joel, thank you. Like he he puts like, I want to do Macbeth. I want to do a thing. Here's the idea. It's going to be in this style. Okay, who are you thinking about for the actors? Hmm, let's go with something unusual and do Denzel. Ooh, okay, that's unique and fun. Let's try it. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it felt almost as if, you know, we're, we're just putting the, a big name on the thing. Like I've worked a handful of small film projects. I've worked in TV and film before. And a lot of times what happens is, is that, all right, we only got $4 million to budget and three and a half of it's got to go to the production. That means we only have a little bit of money for the actors. So we're going to get one actor that you've heard of and make them come on set for one day because right. we can only afford them for one day. And, and so that happens a lot. Um, so that's just kind of what it reminded me of. So that way you can put their name at the at the top of the of the poster. So that way you can have someone, you know, try to help make your money back, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, I worked on. I work. I did. I had a very very small part in a movie. It was a it was a horror movie, uh, a four part anthology horror movie called Death Foretold. But it had uh, the two main actor. The two big names was Tom Savini. Uh, if you're in the horror film world, you know who Tom right. Savini is. Um, but again, he was in the movie for about 30 seconds. <laughs> um, and I think Margot Kidder was in it also. And she was also only in it for like four minutes out of an hour and a half movie. Right. But, but we put Tom Savini and Margot Kidder star in Death Foretold. Anyway, not quite the same thing as this. But my point is, is that I, I agree. You know, I think they had these actors in there because other than... Brendan Gleeson, who was Duncan, mm-hmm. most of these other characters or other actors are just people from other things. I mean, we're watching them going, wow, there's a scene where there's just Harry Potter alum. <laughs> you know, like that's all I could think about. I'm like, hey, there's Mad Eye Moody, and then right, there's, right. <laughs> there's Dudley. Um, oh, the witches, that's the crazy lady from the fifth movie who watches Harry get attacked by the Dementors. I mean, like, that's all I could think about was, like, this is a Harry Potter reunion. Nice. That's funny. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I think you make a great point. Like, um, and, and I do think, I think Denzel did a great job. Like, I mean, personally, uh, working, you know, I think he brought, a, a unique enough spin on Shakespeare. I mean, on, on Macbeth, um, you know, just, just being Denzel, but also like, you know, that madness and, and, you know, that the way he was driven like that, I thought that was, I thought he, you know, made it unique enough to him. Uh, 
that's something that I really like. All right. So I guess we can, you know, break the seal, talk some talking, you know, specifics, <laughs> specific mm-hmm. scenes. Brandon, you anything in particular that you want to hit on specifically? It's it's kind of tough to get in. It's kind of tough to dive into spoilers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's there's so much to cover. I'm, I got to figure out where to start because I like how they break it up in acts, you yeah. know? It's broken up basically into acts, and I like that because <clears throat> a lot of movies nowadays don't really do that. They just throw you right into the next act. West Side Story did that, and I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad this film kind of did that as well. Yeah. So, um, um, my, I, I really like just uh, towards the beginning as well um, when all the three witches are talking to him. Um, oh, and man. That's a great scene. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Hunter is, yes. is very impressive as the three witches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all that movement she's doing, all the physicality is just so unnatural and weird. And it just like, it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. And it made me very uncomfortable even <laughs> sitting in my bed watching it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how is she doing that with her arm? You know, yeah. just, yeah. Well, she is actually a contortionist. So like, so she brought a lot. She's a contortionist and she's a, very i think she's like done at least 12 shakespearean plays on stage yeah. so like she's very familiar with with the work and she's so, got yeah. just that that great voice that just yeah. that her her voice itself is just it, it almost feels like it's another character yeah so she was a yeah. perfect choice for the three witches <laughs> yeah something that i noticed was um for me when it was when it came to denzel washington um it's it it, for me it it feels like washington carried like he carried macbeth and like the weight of a knowledge like in knowledge of a man who put it put in his time you know yeah yeah so like i don't feel like younger actors could convince us in the same way of like of an interpretation of macbeth in this way yeah exactly so like yeah i like that you brought that up but like that's the thing that i think Denzel uniquely brought to this role is like he he brought sort of like a weightiness of of knowledge of the world that Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying that 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 works because I think most interpretations of Macbeth Macbeth is sort of a young king driven by power whereas I think Denzel's uh interpretation is someone who's like I've done my time I've I've fought these battles for you you know what I'm saying like I've been here and you like look me over and you pass me over and that's what's driven him mm-hmm. toward towards madness. I like that, but I felt like especially in the beginning, like the way that they do it was sort of weird. It was sort of like, okay, he just he just you know won this battle. He gets passed over for some sort of knighthood, I guess, even though he's like the thane of Cardor. And when he goes home and tells his wife of what the three wishes said, and now it's like, okay, now we gotta kill him. It's like what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he, like immediately, like you just got praise from him. You're gonna kill him like on the same day? Like that just seems weird. But yeah, and just the way it was set up with the stage design, it just felt like, of course he killed him. Like, like, <laughs> like, how did y'all believe he didn't kill him? I was like, that's mm-hmm. weird. So it, yeah. it was just weird. Yeah, you know what's with with Washington's acting it, in a way it's great it's perfect but it's also a problem because like hit like his acting with like the with the with the night with the, the with the great script that Cohen uh, made um it it messes with the language in some moments you know um mm. like he he slays uh Gleason's character King Duncan and then they and then immediately after is just a bunch of talking yeah <laughs> He gives a wonderful performance, and then right. boom, walking and talking. I mean, that monologue is is probably one of my favorites <laughs> from Macbeth. As he t- he explains like he killed um the king's men out of love. I'm like, that's just that's a great monologue. He's really really good. But like, yeah, like you said, like it's just worded and edited and put together just in a weird way where it's like, here's the highest uh, the height of the action. And then we slow it down to give this monologue. That's like, oh god, it's it's like grading. 
Mm-hmm. And especially because it's like two hours long. And that's that's pretty much the pacing for the entire film is, you know, really high action for like a few minutes and then yeah. a long period of, of just talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do want to point this out and I think it has to be said. Uh, Bruno Del Ma- Bonnell's cinematography in this movie is mwah, exquisite. <laughs> exquisite i mean like and there have been a lot of black and white films oh, this past year this is the best this is the best one <laughs> like his is the, the lighting the the accentuation of shadows the way that it like pinpoints on his madness and certain times i mean top notch top yeah. top notch <laughs> fantastic work sean what do you got yeah, so I'm I'm scrolling here through um, some of the trivia, and also I'm kind of back and forth on the Wikipedia of Macbeth because I don't know the story well enough to to know if one interpretation is better than you know what I'm saying like if yeah, I'm sorry guys um so like so I'm like I'm reading through and again your listeners are probably thinking my gosh how does he not know Macbeth but I just I just don't. <laughs> And, and so I'm, I'm realizing there was a part that I missed. And again, it's just hard that I realize now that at the, the there was um, uh, Shakespeare does the thing that later on um, Tolkien would do where it's like a, like a twist of a phrase. So mm. like Macbeth says, I can't be killed by a man born of a woman because mm-hmm. that's the prophecy. And then he was like, yeah, but I was, I was a C-section. So technically I wasn't born of a woman. woman yeah. And then Macbeth's like, oh crap. And then, you know, thus dies. <laughs> and, um, and I do like the way it's portrayed in the movie where um, Denzel knocks him down, right? Macbeth knocks him down. And he's so arrogant in his ability to win that he is willing to lower his guard to pick up his crown. Yeah. And that's what ultimately kills him. So I love this, the, the, the metaphor there that, that him reaching for the crown is what ultimately kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I really dig that that metaphor there. But that was um, that was probably the the smoothest I think direction done in in the whole movie. Really was like that juxtaposition of like he did it all for the crown, and it's it's the crown that ultimately befells him. Like mm-hmm. yeah, that does that. Yeah. yeah, and my to my reference of Tolkien, you know, when when the when the 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 so the girl soldier, right? Um, I forgot her name. Uh, is fighting the the Lich King, right? Mm-hmm. Or not the Lich King? That's freaking <laughs> World of Warcraft. The um the Witch King. Good gracious. Yes. And he says, "No, no man can kill me." And she's like, "I am no man." Then stabs him and kills him. Right. So yeah. it, it's like the same thing. It kind of is the same thing. So obviously, Tolkien's borrowing from Shakespeare, which everybody should borrow from Shakespeare. Yes. Um, God, but I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just rewatched the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and every time I think of that movie, it's just it's so good. I'm sorry. It's so yeah. good. There's well, just so many good moments in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is. It really is great. All right. Some, so, oh, yeah. Go I was ahead, say, something I like in Act Three is when Macbeth becomes the King of Scotland. Um, he, you can see his decision weighing on him because he just feels so insecure in that position. Yeah. Like just so many moments, like even when he's talking, you can just feel it. You, you could feel, he just feels so out of place and like worried that someone is just going to do something immediately. Oh yeah. And like, I mean, like I said, that's where I feel like Denzel really brought it. Like that, that level of paranoia mm-hmm. it, it's, it's felt throughout the entire movie, but like, once he like officially is the crown the king, like that night, he's like chased by a bird, and you know what I'm saying he's having visions like that. So it's just like it's incredible. I, I think I think he did a great job. Um, yeah. I want to talk supporting characters for a second. Uh, we mentioned Catherine Hunter, who was amazing, but also um, oh god, I gotta get his name. Uh, oh, I cannot remember his name, but uh, he played Macduff. Oh. Uh, uh, his name is, I have it, uh, Corey Hawkins. Corey Hawkins. Thank you so much. Yes. Terrific actor. <laughs> like, like terrific actor. 
you know, you mentioned earlier, like they had to get big names to like sell this movie. I was like, I felt like Corey Hawkins could have played Macbeth, like, and still delivered an, an excellent performance. But you know, that wouldn't have sold the tickets like Denzel Washington or Francis McDormand. But uh, him as Macduff, I think he was incredible. Um, I just loved, I loved everything he did in this movie. Like Corey Hawkins was incredible. He brought the right emotionality to his performance. Um, yeah, like, and this is a guy I saw in Straight Out of Compton and in In the Heights. You know what I'm saying? To Black Klansman. Black Klansman. Like for him to come to this role and just ease into it, like such ease. It was like this is a guy that knows his craft. You know what I'm saying? From from just judging from the other things I'd seen him in, like. This was this was a spectacular just journey for him to you know really showcase what he can do. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see. Okay, I was trying to see if this was listed as a as a um, a 2021 or 2022 film, but um, 2021. Damn, I thought this released this year. It did, but like I think it had like an early. In theater release in 2021. Oh, like uh, okay. Darn, I wanted to rank this in my 22 films. Nah. <laughs> um, so we touched on it a little bit, but what did you think of Joel Cohen's decisions in this movie? Like, especially with him not having Ethan Cohen by his side, how, how do you think he fared? And would you... Do you think he's good on his own or, you know, still a little wet behind the ears? What are, you, what are your thoughts, Sean? I mean, it's kind of hard to really judge on this kind of thing because, mm -hmm. again, it's, a, it's such a well-known property. So, you know, really the only thing we can do is base it off of the look, the feel, um, and, like, is he getting the best performances out of his actors? And, and I, and I think that those things are true, right? We've talked about like, again, there's not a, there's, there's, there is good acting. I kind of started off saying that it doesn't feel like there's a lot of acting. There is really good acting, but there's not a lot. I'm saying there's not like a, a lot of it, you know, like Denzel mm -hmm. is either just saying words or going crazy. I mean, that's kind of his two, the two notes in this movie. Um, Francis McDormand is kind of all over the place. Uh, you mentioned some of the other supporting characters. I love Stephen Root in anything. He's great. <laughs> you know, if we can just get away to have Shakespeare say, give me back my stapler. Um, the, other, uh, the other character actor I really liked was uh, Alex Hassel as Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, again, I don't know the play well enough. His character just kind of felt like he reminded me of like Varys from Game of Thrones, you know, like this guy that's kind of playing both sides and right, is right. willing to do the dirty deeds. And then you find out at the end that he's actually kind of a good guy and, and whatever. But like that actor, I know him most recently from Cowboy Bebop. He plays Vicious in the oh. new Cowboy Bebop show. Nice. And so once I realized, oh, that's who that actor is. I just assumed that he was going to be like the worst person in the world, like worse than Macbeth. You know, like this is the guy that does all the dirty things for Macbeth. And then when you find out later that he doesn't do a lot of those things, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. But um, yeah, I like I liked his. And he's done a bunch of uh, other Shakespeare stuff, um, right. a bunch of stuff. So he's, a, he's an interesting actor to kind of look out for. Uh, in the future but to answer your question specifically about the director i mean you know i think for your 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 the first time you're going solo i think he did a really good job i mean i right. wasn't the directing stuff wasn't again it's just shakespeare is just hard for me right you know you know for me personally and if you i was told basically like if you really like shakespeare um, you'll both like and hate this movie because because it's an hour and 45 minute movie. So you obviously can't do all of Macbeth, right? Right. Um, you're going to have to cut some stuff. And so, you know, so there's decisions there on how you cut it and, and, and things. But 
I don't know. Yeah. I think he did a pretty good job. I'm, I'd be interested to see what other kind of interesting things that he can do. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see him in a breakoff role of where he's not doing adapted screenplay, mm-hmm. where he hires a writer that is phenomenal and they just kill it with a film. This was a good first off because you are doing an adapted screenplay. You got you to gotta test the waters. You got to see how you do. So, yeah, I, I think he's good. I th- yeah. I'm excited to see more of the projects that he does. I just hope he doesn't. I just hope he does not. I hope he starts dipping into other film things such as like. More original m- stuff. More. That's the term for it. Sorry, I am tired. <laughs> yeah, more original. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm of the same ilk. I was like, you know, I think what he does here is really good and like solid stuff. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. I do think it would have been stronger with Ethan's uh, help on it. Uh, but I think what he does like by himself is is still pretty solid, and it's and it's a good start for someone who's like officially on his own. This mm-hmm. is a good start. So like, but I'm with you, Brandon. I want I want to see him take on more original IPs um, and just you know see what he can do with that. You know, because there's it's one thing to interpret something someone else has done it's another thing to bring your own vision and your own style and your own technicalities to something. So I think that that'll definitely show uh, what kind of director he is. All right. uh, Any last thoughts on tragedy and Beth before we give our ratings, Sean? Uh, So usually when I watch a movie, both for my show and any other show that I'm doing, I take notes. Mm -hmm. I always just jot down notes. I got about, three notes in and then realized i can't type and listen at the same time you know say like there's a lot of times when you're when you're watching a movie you can kind of type a thing and it doesn't really matter if you missed a word right whereas this is like so i just had to stop tasting taking notes right i i wrote my first three notes were opening shot has three and then four harry potter alum um, I love Denzel, but if you cast him, then let him be Denzel. Otherwise, cast someone else. And then my third note was casting Americans is an interesting choice. <laughs> but, you know, because it's right. you know it's you know it's a it's a British play, English play, it's about play, yeah. about Scotland. You know, Ooh. so. But I also really appreciate it. This is this is just again me. I have sometimes a hard time with accents other than typical American accents. Um, so there are a lot of times where if we're watching a, a film and there's a lot of heavy, either English, Scottish, or German, or French, really European, <laughs> I'll have to put, I'll put subtitles on because right. I have a hard time understanding it. Uh, it's part of the joys of getting old, guys. You'll, you'll, you'll get there one day. <laughs> but, but the fact that they put Macbeth as an American, I was really thankful for it because it's like... <laughs> Shakespeare is already hard for me. Now I don't have to fight an accent. Right. Um, so I, I actually kind of like that. That's it. That's all the notes that I had on this thing. That's all <laughs> the ones that I was I took. After that, I just stopped taking them because I knew I'd have to just keep pausing the movie. Right. Um, and it would take me three hours to watch it. <laughs> all right, Brandon, what about you? Any last thoughts on the tragedy of Great Beth? Not really. Like I said before, like it, I, I, I was impressed on a technicality level. Um, just everything that was done behind, not, not behind the scenes, but like behind the, like behind the camera and kind of in front of the camera. It's less of the movie itself. And just uh, the reason I gave it more credit is just everybody doing their job well. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I was impressed with Tragedy of Macbeth just on a technicality level again. Um, but overall, it was a very boring film. And I'm so glad I don't have to write a review for this for my for any English class. Because they would have expected like so much, <laughs> they would have expected so much, like an essay for this. And I'm so glad I don't have to write an essay for this. Yeah, oh, man. Um, yeah. So it sits in like you know maybe like the top five of my interpretations, my favorite interpretations of Macbeth. Um, but uh, I thought it was solid. Like you know, what I'm saying purely solid film uh, i agree with you brandon on the technical stuff like the 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 designs the, the the cinematography obviously like um just the style of it 
I thought it was a very expressionistic style, which I'm like, that's definitely a choice, you know, mm-hmm. along, along with the casting, that's definitely a choice. Um, so on a, on a technical level, I think it was really, really well put together, um, stylistically very well put together. It's just in terms of a, you know, I, I, I don't think it relates to anyone who's not, you know, a Shakespearean sort mm-hmm. of fan. It, it doesn't have that sort of appeal. So that's my only real major gripe with the film is that like it's it's really head and shoulders with the bard and uh, <laughs> doesn't really care for anybody else. But uh, that being said, all right, official ratings. Brandon, what do you got? I'm honestly going to have to go to with, with a three star. I was battling between a two five and a three. So on there were I, I ended up giving it a little bit higher. Like I said, just a technicality level, just they 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 did they did well um cohen did great on his first solo film so i'm definitely giving it a three okay i'm rocking with a three and a half just overall solid film um yeah like i not much to say about it but like it's a it's a film i definitely think everyone should watch just to familiarize yourself with with shakespeare um but maybe not the first thing to throw yourself into if you're not familiar with Shakespeare. I don't know. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. Sean, mm-hmm. what do you got rating out of five? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, you threw me for a loop there for a second, uh, Brandon, <laughs> when you said three and a half, I thought, Oh God, wait, did we hate this movie this much? But Cause we do, we do out of 10. Right. right. Uh. So, I was like, dang, I didn't think this was that bad. Uh, no, uh, I would also probably give it, <clears throat> Uh, just to be contrarian, I'm gonna say 2.75. So, uh, it's uh, I think it is a really good uh movie, um, but I also think that really it, it there is a target audience for right. this movie, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there there are thousands of movies that you don't have to be a super fan of that genre or style and can just have a good time with, right. but I feel like you have to be a Shakespearean expert to to really appreciate what this movie is fully telling you so mm-hmm. uh, you know 2.75 just gonna make the math hard there we go <laughs> <laughs> so right. i i got a question before all right yeah you guys gave all yours right yeah okay mm-hmm. got a question all right mm-hmm. so this film was released by a24 and this film is sitting at a 38 um i was just gonna i was just gonna ask do you guys think there's a lot more a lot higher for and a half and five star ratings because it's a 24 oh yeah <laughs> uh like listen a 24 is one of the greatest distributors of our day like they i mean because they just they take such great risks and and oftentimes it pays off and they're just you know what i'm saying they're really good at what they do what they pick the the types of stories that they go for so I get it. I get people just being like a little bit of leeway just because it's A24. I feel like the same way some people would be for Marvel movies where it's like, it's the MCU, you know what I'm saying? Just because it's the MCU gets a little bit more love. So like, that's where, that's where I think, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people are at because with, with A24. But Sean, what do you think? I get it. It's funny. I, I had honestly didn't even think about it. And when I saw A24 pop up, I thought, Okay, that's cool. And so I'm actually looking right now at their list of films. Oh. <laughs> um, and I this is obviously they make movies that I don't watch a lot of. <laughs> um, and I think that's mostly because we watch a lot of dumb stuff in the podcast sometimes. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, just going through real quick. Um, uh, I have seen. Oh, what I just saw. The Ballard. No, that's not it. Um, I thought it was uh, not heretic. It's uh, Mid- Midsummer. I've seen that. Oh, Midsummer. I hated I that movie. <laughs> I I hated it, but I think I hated it for the reasons you're supposed to hate it. You know, like, <laughs> like it's a slow, slow burn. It's right. like it's so I mean, it's it's rough to watch. And then ultimately at the end of the movie, you're like, she kills her boyfriend because he's a dick. Like, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> like it's rough yeah um 
and we did that one for the podcast that was a one of our halloween movies um i'm looking for some other ones there's there's some stuff here that i just i haven't seen swiss army man we did which mm. we loved we love swiss army man it's a good movie that is a good movie that was a lot of fun so uh ex machina Ooh, they did ex machina that's yeah. good too ex so. machina is my favorite a24 film besides yeah. next to uncut gems Mm, another great i haven't seen that one yet i need to watch that one but yeah yeah no yeah ex machina uh, this is this is as non-spoilery thing as i can say but i feel bad for um for mr gleason there because he's still in that bedroom just gonna say it <laughs> you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about he's still there yeah he's just yeah. you know i feel bad for him <laughs> hanging out in that bedroom there you go so uh i've seen a ton of a24 i can't even can't even imagine uh how many i've seen that that is that's a list for another time (laughs) so we are gonna move on to what's good um recently i have been watching um I caught up on the entire I caught up on the entire Scream franchise um not recently but like over the past couple months and then we ended up watching the um I guess Scream 5. I I know we reviewed this on the podcast last week. I haven't really had time to sit down and watch anything lately. Just life has been absolutely crazy as far as just work, um school and trying to plan a wedding now. So, um <laughs> go see Scream 5. <laughs> that's my what's good that's what that's my what's good for this week please go see scream five nice yeah scream five's great uh sean what do you recommend so i have to admit uh, i haven't watched anything outside of podcast related things mm-hmm. um the last movie I, I said i watched just to watch was the spider-man movie the new no way home but every otherwise it's for the show so i'm just going to talk about a, a, a movie that i watched for the show that we did a few weeks ago and that was um the harder they fall mm. and uh netflix original so it'll be on netflix forever with idris elba and a bunch of other really regina king and zazie beats lakeith stanfield jonathan majors jonathan majors oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> that movie is so freaking good so um we were, we were when we were, we were doing the show um somebody this is what they're suggesting they said basically this movie feels like if um spike lee and tarantino <laughs> pooped out a baby like, like that would be what the, who directed this movie <laughs> um yeah it it is very uh it has a lot of tarantino feel it's uh it's a really really good movie highly recommend if you like westerns then just go watch it. It's brutal. It's violence. It's got all of the cool tropes. There are even, um, there's real fun tropes that they actually turn on their ear, you know? Mm-hmm. So like the, 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 the guy who is the quick gunman sees the other guy who's the quick gunman and he's going to do the showdown. And the other guy's like, eh, I'm not in the mood and just walks away. <laughs> he's like, Wait a minute. I've been practicing this, you know, like, <laughs> like they're making fun of the trope a little bit, which is yeah. really good. So go watch the harder they fall. It's really, really good. Nice, nice suggestion. All right. Um, for me, my what's good, I'm going back to my roots. You know what that means? Documentaries. Yes. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say musicals. Yeah, no, no, no. That's my other route. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I recommend a lot of documentaries on this show because no one does. Uh, but uh, I saw this recently through uh, Film Independent, but I do believe it is also available on Netflix it is a documentary called Procession. It is about a couple of the survivors of the Catholic Church uh, sex scandal. Um, and it's a weird movie. It's a weird premise where, uh, you know, these are, these are guys who've been dealing with this trauma for almost 50 years. They decide to make a movie um, reenacting their traumas to try to get rid of them. Like it's a form of dramatic therapy. So like, it's a really intense movie and you know you get to see the stories of these survivors um played out some of them have to you know play the role of their abusers it's really intense it's a hard movie to to watch but i think overall when it comes out it's like 
you know, thank God that these guys are able to move past their, this trauma and move on. It's an intense movie, but I really enjoyed it. So if you have the chance, check out Procession documentary on Netflix. So that's Procession, The Harder They Fall, and please go see Screen 5 if you ever get the chance. And that is what's good from all of us here at Film Code. And now it is that time. Time for the game. All right. Brandon, you had the code word this week. Whew. It was a tough one. <laughs> Remind everybody what your code word was and all of your clues, please. My code word was store. Lead actress was uh, in a Star Wars film uh, or a couple. I'm just going to say that. Uh, came out between 2005 and 2015. And the other lead actor was in a popular comedy TV series. There was a hint I gave the guys, and I am not going to say it on here because it is not family friendly. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sean, you are our guest, so you have the uh, dubious honor of going first. <laughs> so, so while you were monologuing there talking about your documentary, I was, <laughs> I was looking at the email you sent me with the clues again, and mm-hmm. I just had like this epiphany. It, like, it struck my brain as I was sitting here. So code word store, mm-hmm. lead actress in the Star Wars. So because like because it's a 2005 to 2015, it narrows it down because uh, I feel like in order to say actress in a Star Wars, it's going to have to be prequel Star Wars because mm. I feel like the newer Star Wars, all those actors are too young to have been mm-hmm. in stuff from 2005 to 15. And I don't think Carrie Fisher was doing a whole lot of stuff in the mid aughts either. <laughs> So that made me think Natalie Portman. And I remembered that there was this weird movie where like she was she was like living in a Walmart or something and she had a kid in a Walmart, right? Uh-huh. And so that's what made me think, oh, maybe store, okay. And so then I, I click on Natalie Portman's IMDb page and I'm like, oh, but that was before 2005. And then I see uh, Dr. Perna- the Ma- Magical Emporium, what's it called? Um, uh, Mr. McGorium's Magic Emporium? Yes, that thing. So that's my guess, because it also stars um, the dude from The Thing. Um, it also stars, this is how I do my show, Jason Bateman. Right. And he's in comedy stuff. So that's that's my guess. You know what's so funny? That was my first guess, too. <laughs> what was your, what's, what's your second guess? Yeah, so I kept looking, and I was like, this seems like more... Brandon style because Brandon I you should, know me yeah I, I'll say I sh- that you should, know me I should point out that Sean like Brandon's code words are intentionally like just wrong because like like <laughs> he doesn't give a code word that basically like gives away the movie he gives a code word that's like a scene in the movie so like you would have to have seen the movie in order to like really get it so like store i was like you know there's a scene in this movie where they go to a store and it's probably the most iconic scene in the whole movie um the actor now i noticed that he didn't say the actress in a star wars movie was the lead actress he just said it was an actress in the in a star wars movie so i I was looking and i was like okay here's rose Byrne. she was in one of the prequels and she's in this movie and her co-star is a guy i i I don't know what comedy show he was on, but I feel like he has been on a comedy show because he just has that kind of timing. So I went with a movie, came out in 2011, directed by Paul Feig, starring Rose Byrne, Bridesmaids. Because <laughs> there's a scene in a store where they, after they've eaten some, some, some pretty highly uh, <laughs> problematic Mexican food, where they all have a, 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 a they have a time messing up some dresses. So <laughs> you have not seen Bridesmaid or you've seen Bridesmaids, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about. So that's my guess for the code word, Bridesmaids 2011 starring Worlds Burn. Brandon, I swear to God, if you tell me I'm wrong, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> you guys ready? Yep. 
Phoenix, you should have gone with your first choice. It is Mr. Gregorio's oh, Wonder Emporium. Oh, yay! <laughs> he's just saying that because he's because I'm the guest. He's being no, nice. I am not. <laughs> oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> wow. Oh wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Sean, oh. get yourself on the board. Way to go, yay. Sean. <laughs> wow. Oh, I should have gone with that's hilarious. Wow. All right. Way to go, oh, Sean. Man. That was a good guess. And I'm okay. Mad. So, Sean, it's funny because there was one where um, a code word was hair. And I said, it takes place in France. And I gave, like, it was some, it was an animated movie or something. He, what, I forgot what you guessed, but it wasn't Ratatouille. No. And it was the easiest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and none of you got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, the one that made me the maddest was he had a code word and it was green. And we, oh went, my God. we went all over the place. I have no no idea. And then when he told us it was the mask, we were like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's like just unbelievable. It's like that's how his code words work. They're so easy and we just go completely off the rails. Like, <laughs> as you can see. But <laughs> that was good. Congratulations, Sean. You're on the board, man. Way to go. That's going to nice. come in handy. <laughs> Brandon, we are going to get up out of here, though, guys. Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears on Letterboxd. Um, check me out over there. Check out what I'm watching. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys again for listening. All right, Sean, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Uh, I'm Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Uh, we are at cheapseat.com. Or sorry, cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com. That's our website. There you can find links to all of our social media uh, and stuff like that. All right. And my name is Phoenix Cloud. And guys, you can find me on Twitter at IMHOReviews1. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under PA Clouden. And as always, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at FilmCodePod. And we will see you guys next week. We're out of here. Peace.